We are in the book of Acts, chapter 27. Uh, this uh, book was uh, written or by the inspired pen of uh, Luke, the only Gentile writer of the Gospels, the Blessed Doctor. He wrote Luke and Acts together as a combined book. Also, we find evidence in, within uh, Acts 27 that Luke also was present with Paul as he uh, went upon uh, this journey. And we see here in Acts chapter 27 uh, that, that Agrippa is sending Paul to Rome by ship. Uh, now, uh, there's, there's so many uh, different lessons here in Acts 27. Um, and we will endeavor to, to extract just one of those lessons as we go through. There's so much here that it would be very easy to get distracted on each and every verse. So I'm going to try not to get distracted if you will try to stay awake. Well, amen. Because I know how you people are, especially when it's raining. All y'all, oh, this is good sleeping weather. This, this is what I'm talking about. I can just be up with the window open and that little breeze. Oh, this is, no. If you stay awake, I'm going to do my best not to get distracted. And, 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 stay, uh, and stay on the topic. Okay, now we're going to run around here in this chapter 27 uh, to, to, to prayerfully find the, the message that God has placed for us here this morning. Um, and we're going to focus on something that Paul said there on the ship where he said, I believe in God. And this is in, this is in keeping with our, uh, our theme, which is trusting God. Uh, I believe in God. So now as we go to the, the, the chapter 27, um, and we pick up there, uh, we begin reading. What we see here is that, that, that Paul, in the very first verse there, we see Paul has been judged innocent. He's been judged innocent of all, uh, of all accusations, uh, of all uh, anything anybody would have had against him, he's been judged innocent. But although he's innocent, he still... He still needs to go to Rome. And he's going to Rome because he has appealed to, uh, to Rome to speak before the emperor. So he still has a journey that he must, uh, that he must entreat. We see this in Acts chapter 25, verse 12, and also in Acts chapter 26, verse 32. Now the trip itself, it involved uh, sea travel across the Mediterranean. All right? Now there was two routes that they could take. They could go by sea or they could go over land. And, and, and the sea, sea travel at that particular time was very dangerous. Uh, it could be very dangerous because anything could happen on the open sea. Uh, anything from storms to, to, uh, uh, to, to sickness, illness, anything could happen while out on the open sea. And when you read the scripture, oftentimes you see a reference to the sea, like when uh, Jesus walked on the sea. And oftentimes, see, when, if you take your notes, see what that represents. The sea often represents chaos. It represents, uh, it represents the chaotic nature of life and how it goes back and forth and the winds and the waves and the seas uh, are tossed and, and ships are tossed to and fro. Right? And, and so, so we see here that, that uh, it could be very dangerous. And, and, and Paul, uh, he had reported, uh, now, now, now notice now Paul, before even going on this voyage, Paul had been shipwrecked three times. 
He had been shipwrecked three times. You see that in uh, First Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 25. And, and, and when you look at the ships of that day, they were very, um, they were, they were, they were very small. And, and, and these small ships, they were dependent on, they were dependent on, uh, on certain, certain winds, or what we would call contrary winds. So when they took those ships, they were at will of whatever was going to take place out there on the sea. Right, and so then, uh, uh, so now, so uh, and then the thing is, the ships they were small, and they were dependent upon the uncertain winds, and then they had these very crude, if you will, navigation, uh, navigations and that were unreliable in bad weather. So take for instance, when they were sailing on the ship, oftentimes they used the sun, the moon, and the stars for navigation. However, in bad weather, that would make that very difficult to guide a ship through bad weather because the clouds would cover over everything. All right? And then, and then as we're seeing here, and you say, why is he giving us all these, all these details? Because it's important. Okay? Because it's important. You'll see. Because remember, our topic is, I believe God. Right? So they would use all these other methods to navigate, right? And, but here's the thing. Even though they were going to have an unreliable guide, uh, uh, they were going to have an unreliable guide, they were going to be at the will of the wind and the will of the sea, the chaotic nature of the sea, they were still enticed to go by ship. Because ship seemed much faster than going over land. Now, there's something about that, see? Because you can take the land. It's going to take a little more time, but you'll get there. But they would rather go out into the sea. Right? Now, the Bible tells us something. If we if we go over there to Proverbs chapter 16, verse 24 through 26, get that for me, Cheyenne. And then, uh, 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 Tyler, get for me Proverbs 12, verses 14 through 16. And, 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 and Q, if you could for me, get Acts chapter 20, verse 30. So now, now as we said, he was, he was judged innocent. And, and that word innocent takes on a couple of different uh, uh, meanings, if you will. He was judged innocent of all accusations even in the midst of this trial and persecution. Now, can you say to yourself that you are, that you can be judged innocent before your accusers in the midst of persecution and trial? Huh? I'm talking about on the job. I'm talking about in the family. I'm talking about at school when people talk about you. I'm talking about in all these issues that are going on through your mind when you're in your feelings. Can you be judged innocent? And Paul would later say that he was innocent of any but because he preached the word of God day in and day out with tears. So the thing is, can you can you judge yourself uh, innocent in the most difficult or challenging situations of your life? Innocent because you stood on God's word. Not only did you stand on it, you exemplified it and you spoke it. Can you judge yourself innocent? Can would, would those who you came against have to say that you were innocent? The truth of the matter is, when you're going through a difficult situation, Cheyenne. If, if, if you'll just stand on God's word, and if you will uh, uh, manifest God's will in your life, if you'll just be steadfast and unmovable in his will, then no matter what they throw at you, and no matter how they come at you, God will make sure that you're just innocent. But the thing is, when we're innocent, that's not the end. Because sometimes we'll come through one challenge, but there's still a journey we must embark upon. And we must maintain our innocence throughout that journey. 
Now, uh, and like I said, that there's overland travel, but then they could go by sea. But they said, you know what? It would be faster to take the sea and to just risk it, right? So Bible says what in, 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 in Proverbs 16, verse 24 through 26? Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and heal and health to the bones. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. He that laboreth, laboreth for himself, for his mouth craveth of him. Now you see there, words, the way people say things, the way it sounds will often be sweet. You know, it'll sound good at first. And it'll make the way that you're choosing seem best. But the way thereof is death. If those sweet words lead you away from the will of God, they're going to lead you to death rather than rest. Then the Bible says also in Proverbs 12, verses 14 through 16, go ahead and read that for me, Tamir. Proverbs 12, verses 14 through 16. Now look, it says that a man will be satisfied by his own hands, his work and all that, but a fool, a fool will make, will, his way will always seem better to him. His way will always seem best, the way he sees it, thinks about it, views it, his way is always better. Now, I just explained to you that, that, that there were so many challenges and so many risks taking the seat, but it seemed more convenient, it seemed more convenient to take the ship anyway. Now, the Bible says in Acts 20, verses 30-32, what's the Bible say? Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away the sons after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warm every one night and day with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you and inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Now, now, you see that? Now, now, notice he said there. Read that first part again for me. Also of your own selves shall men arise, uh -huh. speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Men will arise from amongst you, the Christians, speaking perverse things, to draw you away from the will of God. Remember, our subject, our topic is, but I believe God. So oftentimes there will be uh, people around you and then even from within you will come, there's an easier way to do this. Uh, 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 Q, I know you know. Brother Broom, I know you know. Sometimes somebody is trying to instruct you in a way to do something. And, and, but you're saying, well, what about this way? This way seems easier. But, 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 they're saying, but, but here's, here's what you can, this, this, is a, this is a try and two route. But you know what? This way seems easier, more convenient. So guess what? I'm going to do it anyway, and I'm going to just take the risk. 
Everybody's had that thought process at one point. But see, it's important to examine the scriptures, to examine the direction it's taking you, and see whether or not it is of God. Because remember, you claim to believe God. Right? So now, Paul's being put on his ship, and now he has every reason to be filled with doubt, because it seems like every time he's on a ship, he's getting thrown off or shipwrecked. You know how we get, once we've been through some experiences, after a while we've been through some experiences, we start to believe our experiences more than we believe God. Then we, try, we start to trust our own wisdom more than we trust God. We get caught up in, in, in wanting to keep ourselves safe more than allowing God to keep ourselves safe. So we, 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 so he's on that boat. And remember, now Paul, he, he is an apostle to us. He's a Christian to us. But on this ship, he's just another prisoner. Uh, just another person. And, and, and when you, when you study the text there, he's on this ship and he's under the guard. He's under guard for his delivery to Rome. And, 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 and he's under the custody of a Roman cohort, which is considered a band. And this band was, it was distinguished because it was named after a Caesar Augustus. It was a special band. So these guys were tough. They were skilled. They were masters in what they did. And he was under their guard. And, and, and the Bible also tells us that, that now while, uh, if we go back to Acts 27, it says that they launched off. And then the next day, uh, we touched the Sinai and Julius courteously entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go into his friends to refresh himself. So another thing, when, you, when, when you're in God's care and you believe in God, God will never leave you without some people to walk in the journey with you. Question is, do you believe God? We talked this morning about how difficult it is for people when they come, old things passed away, all things made new. It's hard to let go of those old things because I don't know if I'm going to have anything on this other side. But he says, now look, I, I'm going to make sure. Now he's in the Roman cohort, he's under guard, he's, he's under guard, these are professional soldiers, but God is still making a way for him to have friends and be refreshed along the way. Question, do you believe God? Do you believe him? That if you'll let go and just stay with him, he's going to provide all you need for your journey. Right? And then, and then, and then, and then so, so he does this. And notice, and look at the friends that he had there. He had, he had friends in the faith. He had, uh, he had, he had uh, Aristarchus with him. Aristarchus was a, a convert, uh, a new convert from Thessalonica. So what does that tell you? Even Paul, as he was going through his journeys, going through his trial, being kicked off a ship after ship after ship, he still kept teaching, he still kept reaching, still souls kept being saved. What does that mean? Through your challenges, through your misery, through the things that are befalling you, somebody still can be saved. He had won these friends of the faith and they were there to refresh him as he went through this. Right? And so and you see this in, in Acts chapter uh, 17, verse 18. Uh, so Paul was still doing the work. So here's the thing. When you're going through it, you've got to still be willing to do the work. And stay focused on the work. Because many challenges are going to come about, come about that are going to pull you away from God. Acts chapter 27, verse 9. Go ahead and read for me. Uh, go ahead and read for me. Uh, 
Now when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was not already passed, Paul admonished them, and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only to the lading of the ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. All right, now look here. Now, let's, let's, let's break down this journey. Now, the first leg of the journey to, to Asia Minor, they had reached the first leg of the journey and they arrived safely in Asia Minor. Well, then they had the second leg of the journey. In the second leg of the journey, they started to face some contrary winds as they were on their way to Crete. So you know you start out on that journey and things seem hunky-dory, everything is great, no problems, no issues. But then as you go a little farther, things start to get a little more difficult. All of a sudden the honeymoon seems to be over and things start to become more challenging. Does that make sense to anybody? Now, does that mean quit the journey? No. That means you stay on the journey. And you keep on believing. Many of us, when we became Christians, we started the walk, and the walk seemed just absolutely great. Glory, hallelujah, and all these kind of things. But as we stayed on that journey, stayed on that ship a little while longer, contrary winds started to arise. You know what those contrary winds are, youth? You know what those contrary winds are, adults? Contrary winds, youth, if you're taking notes, contrary winds are gossip. Contrary winds, peer pressure. Contrary winds are, 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 are uh, uh, evil associates. Contrary winds are, 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 are low self-concept and not seeing yourself properly and, and all the health issues that might come into life and all the un unexpected changes that might come about. Those are, those are contrary winds. Contrary winds are the thing that, that blow against you. So when you think about all the challenges as you're trying to move forward with, with the Lord, and you see the challenges that are blowing against you, those are contrary winds. And as I told you, you take the ship, and the ship is dependent on those winds, so they're being tossed to and from. And so then, then, then they move into the third leg of the journey. And in the third leg of the journey, winter is approaching. And, and it was approaching just as they reached Crete. That was the third leg of the journey. So it was about then that Paul made a suggestion to him, right? And, and, and he says there, uh, and I said, and, and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lady and the ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Now, situations get dire. Now, what does it mean the situation got dire? It meant that the crew now, they were struggling to secure, they were struggling to secure the ship, the lifeboats. They were struggling to secure that. So now, like I said, the sea often represents the chaotic nature of life. The ship, as you see sometimes, the ship often represents the individual's life. It represents your life. And so, so there are times when the winds come about and it starts to shake up your life or your soul. And, and you see these men, you'll be put in a place where you've got to make a choice. 
Do I do? Because when Paul spoke, that was the words of God. And a message will come from God, and God will warn you not to continue in the direction that you're going. Don't keep going that route. Don't keep thinking the way you're thinking. Don't keep considering the things you're considering. Turn back unto me. Huh? Does everybody see that? Huh? And, 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 and though Paul was warning them, though Paul was telling them, it says the centurion instead listened to the master and the captain of the ship. Fellas, just read over there, there's a way that sees right unto man, and that way leads thereof to death. So when you hear, like you're hearing this message right now, God, maybe he's calling you right now. And he's calling out in aspects of your life and he's saying, don't keep going that way. Turn back, turn away. Don't keep thinking the way you are because it is leading, leading you to difficulty. It is leading you to hurt, harm, lives will be lost, souls will be lost. Now, will you, be, will you acquiesce to the will of God? Huh? And so, so look what they do. The crew, then they're trying to use ropes and chains to secure uh, the lifeboats. And, and then they, they get to the part, and, and the thing is, see, it's interesting that Paul just this, like I told you, he was just another, he was just another, uh, just another slave, right? But let's think about the kind of slave Paul was. Paul said he was a slave of righteousness. He was a slave of Jesus Christ. Right? And, he, and he, was, he was given to Christ to teach and preach his word, right? So then the question is also, what kind, of, what kind of slave am I? What kind of prisoner am I? He taught himself a prisoner of Christ. Are you a true prisoner of Christ? One who was bound to preach and teach and live out his word and bring others to it? No matter what the, the situation, what the situation may be? Paul was bound to be a prisoner of Christ. Though he was a prisoner on that ship, he was still, above all, a prisoner of Christ. Right? And so as he's on that ship, and now these men are scurrying around, and they're doing all they can. They're, they're wrapping chains and ropes, but the helps that they're getting won't do a thing. See, when you start to scurry around, and, you, and you're doing everything but believing God, you'll grab that, talk to, run anywhere you can to get extra help. But what you're going to find in the storms of life, that those helps just won't hold. And see, the experts, listen to this little preacher, saying, uh, uh, don't you make tents? What do you know? What do you know about saving a ship? What do you know about saving my life? What do you know about saving my soul? It's just an itinerant preacher who goes everywhere preaching. These expert sailors, they were between listening to God and listening to their expertise. So now they're scrambling around and they're trying to secure the lifeboat, but you can't secure salvation without the word of God. You cannot secure safety without listening to God. So then the situation, and notice as you read there, the situation gets more and more difficult. Because then once they can't secure the lifeboat, then the sea is tossing and they start to lose all the expert equipment. Y'all know the expert equipment that you have, things that you started to lean on in your life, the things that you look at those things and they make you safe and they make you secure when you see those things in your life? Well, 
the chaotic nature of life will toss you to and fro so much that you'll start to lose that expert equipment, that, that wisdom that you trust so much, that education that you trust so much, that circle of friends that you trust so much, those things that you equipped yourself with to make it through the challenges of life, the sea will shake and rock and throw those aside. Does that make any sense to anybody? I know my details are, are, are dragging me down, but I, I, I know they are, but sometimes I gotta I got tell you, right? So, 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 then, so then it gets so bad, it gets so bad, then they just start throwing stuff on me. Can you see where we're going with that? When your ship starts to get tossed, your soul is being tossed. Now, 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 aren't you going to listen to that, 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 that prisoner, that preacher, with no expertise? I don't know if y'all read that on Legos, but sometimes we're too focused on the wrong people. And we're using the wrong wisdom. And we're deciding who we think ought to be or who would be good Christians. But what you don't understand is it's very difficult for people who have a lot to give it up and become humble, to, be, to, to follow God. Didn't we learn that with the rich young ruler? He said, sell all you have and follow me. He said he went away sad. So instead of trying to convert and reach those people, and the gospel is for everybody, but they're not going to be the first to obey. What you do, you reach out to the lowest. Because God will qualify the call, and he'll take the lowest and make them the highest. So we don't overlook. We'd we be an example to all. But that's only if you believe God. Huh? I'll give you an example, a real-life example. Uh, when when, when uh, Rashida come, bringing her cousin with her. She just thought she was coming to visit. Right? Then somewhere in there, she was like, I'm ready. Rashida's face, her eyes bucked out of her head. Like, hold on, I didn't plan on what, what is this? I thought she was just going to come visit, get some information, go home and talk about it, that kind of stuff. But she said, no, I'm ready to become a child of God. I want to become a Christian. Huh? What does that mean? That means that you can never uh, uh, accurately uh, uh, predict how somebody's going to respond to God's truth. You never know in the midst of their trial, in the midst of their difficulty, that might just be where they need to be in order to hear him. God will allow some difficulties to come in your life to separate you from the foolishness you're doing. Sometimes some very harsh things will happen and God will allow it. He'll allow it. Just to get you to stop. Reevaluate. Refocus. And restart. Won't he do it? You think some of the challenges that come in your life, sometimes he has to do that. To, to, he, he, he'll do that. Make it down and make it out. So this is, this, is a, this is a challenging situation. And now they're starting to throw everything off, right? And it's at that moment that they start to become disparaged. Pick up there about verse uh, 13 for me, Q. We got to talk to him before we lose the Q. They start to drink. Come on. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, uh -huh. losing bets, they sailed close by Crete. 
Uh-huh. But not long after there arose against it a temptatious wind called Eurocladon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Claudia, we have much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps, undergirding the ship, and fearing, fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, mm -hmm. strike sail, and so were driven. Mm -hmm. And we being exceedingly tossed with a temp tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Mm -hmm. But after long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them, and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me, and not have loose, loose from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. See that right there? Now don't get caught up in the fact that that's an angel. Angel is just a messenger. And oftentimes, in difficult situations, every time in our difficult situations, God will send a messenger. And he'll send them with a message. But see, it won't be until we get to such to such a point that we're ready to listen. That that wind that's called a northeast, uh, a nor'easter, and it's blowing them. And there, sometimes you can become, you can find yourself at the mercy of life. Your life can become so chaotic that you're at the mercy of your life. The drama of your life is taking you over. The busyness of your life is taking you over. Huh? And you don't know what direction, you don't know what's going on. And he'll send that message. And the thing is, see, God has already decided that, look, here's some places and some things I want you to do. And because I want you there, you can't be lost before you get there. But the question is, do you believe God? I have a purpose for you, and, and, and nothing's going to take you until you, till you see to that purpose. So that means you've got to put some things aside. You know, some helps. Those helps are in your way. What are those helps? Those helps are those dysfunctional relationships. Those helps for all, and we have to talk about it all the time. The, 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 the drinking, the smoking, the, the hanging in bed, but those are all helps that are using to distract you from the reality of the situation. And until you reach deeper and remove things from your life with your own bare hands, you won't be able to hear them. Let alone believe it. Huh? God is letting these things happen until you reach down with your own hands. Acknowledge the things that are hindering you and cast them aside. You've got to personally become humble. And you've got to do it yourself. 
And then Paul says, and it's only at that moment when they say, and, and, and you know what? And you know all those other things that we use to, to, to guide our lives, like, like the, you know, the Madam, Madam Two Souls numerology? Or, 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 or I don't know so by hand, but how many folks got a dream book at home? None of you got a dream book. You just play numbers. I, I dreamt the fish. That four, five, six. Play that four and backwards. I'm a boxer too. Call your mama, mama, dream about this. Well, you know that means somebody family. Thank you. <laughs> Crazy. That ain't what they say, though. That ain't what they say? Yeah, yeah. You should call my mama, uh, 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 Angel of Death. She come calling for me. I, I dreamt I, I dream I was at a funeral. I couldn't see the face. Couldn't see the people. Couldn't see who was in the gas. But I'm not here. No, no. Somebody just fall out. Just fall right on out. And then she's like, I knew it. I knew it. I couldn't see the face. But I see the people. And I knew everybody there. So somebody we know is about to go. See? Well, see, now you got to get past that. You got to get past that superstition. You gotta get past that superstition and get past all that. You got see, see when the storms of life come, it's gonna show you. Notice it got rid of the sun, moon, and stars, but he can, they can still clearly hear the word of God. See, God will have a way, and He'll get rid of all that other stuff you used to believe in. It'll become very difficult. You can't see it, you can't hear it, and you can't rely on it anymore the way you used to. But then there's his word still right there. And he's still telling you where you need to be. Question, do you believe in God? Paul is saying the storm has come. The, 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 the sky, the sky. See, because they've gone through, they're, they're the most difficult part of this journey. See, you can also look at that as, see, see the Lord has put us on this journey. And we've, we've been moving through this journey. And we're getting in the late part of this journey. And things are getting real difficult and challenging. And we're seeing as time goes on that we can really trust no one but the Lord. Right? The word of God is the only thing that is tried and true. And he's calling and he's saying, fear not. Fear not. How many times has he said to me, fear not? Here, let me put it this way. For my babies here tonight. Absolutely right there. See, see, if you go to Proverbs 1, 20 through 33. Now I'm going to translate my handwriting for you. See, there's safety in obeying God. There's safety in hearing God. But see, here's what often happens. There's two things that happens when God, when God speaks to us. Two things often happen. See, when you get there, God will instruct, right? Just like Paul spoke to the men on the ship. Man ignores. It's not that bad. Stop frowning. I'm telling you what he said. God instructs. Man will ignore what God just said. And every time God speaks, and man ignores, man suffers. You see that? There's safety in believing in God. When God speaks, you listen. Now see, when God speaks, right? When he instructs and you heed, then you'll be safe. See, there's security in listening to God's instructions. In the most difficult times. 
So you got to keep asking, do I believe God when he's instructing? Because the thing is, that's one of the problems. We don't believe God enough to do what he says do. Because when a when man, when the centurion heard it, he was between trusting God and trusting the master of the ship. And if the ship represents your life, then what you find yourself between is listening to God and listening to yourself. Your own experiences. Your own trials which keep you always holding back, always hindered, always hurt, always hopeless, always, always, always in this dead spiral. And God is trying to save you with his word. Why don't you believe him? Why won't you trust him? Huh? Literally, if we're going to trust God, we have to go through life constantly saying, but I believe God. The angel came and told me, sirs, he said, sirs, I perceive there's going to be trouble. But the angel came and told me that I'm going to make it and all those who are with me are going to make it. Therefore, instead of believing the storm, believing the cloud, believing the negative folk, believing my negative thoughts, Believing and living in the past, instead of believing all of that, I'm going to believe God. Why can't we do it? Hmm? Stop listening to the world. The world will have you doing all kinds of things that are not going to do a thing for you. All that stuff is fuel. You, you, you need God. You need God to step on that ship. Huh? You need God to step on that ship. You need him to secure your safety. That's what you need. You don't need all the rest of this. Stop listening to that former master. You listen to the Lord who's calling you. He's calling you away from all those issues and problems that you have. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? I, I, I'm sorry I can't, I can't make this a, a highfalutin lesson. With a bunch of big old words and stuff. I, I, I can't do that. Because the Lord designed me to be saved. Yeah. He didn't make it all. He didn't make it all. And I, and I, and I'm, 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 I can't and I can't do it because I'm not preaching for prominence. And I'm not preaching that I might be lifted up by me. I'm preaching and teaching that God's children may be lifted up. That they may not be caught in the storm and be saved. Right? Do you believe it? Every message he sends, he's saying, you're going to make it. He said, if I put you on this journey, the throne, if I put you on this journey, there's somewhere I want you to be. And I will get you there. But not only will I get you there, I'll get all who go with you. If you just believe me. No matter what the storm, challenge, or difficulty is, he will save you and all that are with you. And everybody told Timothy, give, give, give attention to the public reading of Scripture. Pay attention to your doctrine uh, so that you can save those who hear, save yourself and all that hear you. Hmm? Does that make sense? Look, look, look. I know. I, I know the world is beckoning to you. I know the world is calling. And he's calling you to experience the things that are in the world. 
First John 2.16, it says that this stuff out there in that world is just not fun. You'll get to it soon enough. Don't rush to it, but be prepared for it. I know the world is beckoning to you. I know it is. You're a big man on campus now. I know the world is beckoning. This is a little way I hope. I know the world is beckoning to you. Cheyenne, because you're about to go and step out there. But you've got to keep your mind on the words of God. You've got to keep his word first. Because that word chaos means no form. It means no order. It means extreme disorder. And see, we know that God works out. He works chaos because, see, in Greek mythology, they say chaos came first. Yeah, chaos. But see, when we read Genesis 1, Genesis says that the, the, the earth was, was, was black, void, nothing. And God's spirit moved on. And then all of a sudden, he spoke. And chaos abated. And out of it came structure. Came the world. Came a new world at his command. So we know God knows how to take, take chaos and organize it. Take formlessness and bring form. We know that he knows how to do that. And he'll do the same thing for us. If you're just here. Do you believe God? Do you believe? Ask yourself, do I really believe him the way I ought to? If I don't, I'm in sin, I'm in trouble. And I need to repent of that. I need to stop holding on to former things. The Bible says, behold, all things, when you come to the Lord, all old things are past. All things are made new. If you want to come, and all things outside of the Lord are dead and without hope, but in Christ there is hope. Those who are in Christ, stay in Christ. Stay in Christ. I know you keep hearing the message over and over again. Huh? Even my, like 15 years of this, I'm telling you. 15 years of having this hammered into my head, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can't wait to get a word. I don't know if I'm going to ever live in Columbus I'm going to run as far away as I can. Run, baby, run. But you can't get away from God. No matter where you go, you'll still be in his sight. And because you gave him his life, no matter where you go, you'll still be in his camp. You, you can't run far enough. You don't believe me? Ask John. You can't get away from God. So take it easy. Slow down. Heed the words of God. Believe. That word believe means trust. Won't you trust God? Come on to the Lord. If anybody wants to become a Christian, come to the Lord right now. Give your life over. Stop listening to the master of your life, which is you, which represents men. Stop listening to men, because as long as you listen to men, you'll be lost. You'll be lost, you'll be lost, you'll be lost. Don't listen. Listen to the word of God so you can be saved. He's calling you to a life in the life and in salvation. If you want to become a Christian, come forth. Hearing God's word, believing what he says, repent of your past sins. Confess Jesus is Lord, be baptized for remission of your sins and added to his body, which is the church. Now, do you believe God enough to know that when you go down to that water and the blood washes away your sins, he literally puts a piece of himself in you called the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit is in you, it's God. Now, if God is working in you, then you ought to want to bow down and submit to the Holy Spirit because he's God. And he'll never lead you anywhere wrong. 
So if you want to start that walk and be raised and walk in newness of life, come on. Christians, if you've been fighting the newness of life, meaning God's Spirit is trying to lead you in the newness, and you keep holding on to the oldness, you're tearing yourself asunder. You're putting yourself in a difficult situation, and you're making things worse. Let go of old. Walk in the new. New thoughts, new attitude, new way. And be thankful that God did. Why don't you come to the Lord? Come while we stand and sing. Softly and tenderly.